hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Chiona Podcast. It's me, Sarah Sodizi, and I hope your Friday is going lovely and wonderfully and amazingly and swimmingly. So as many of you guys know, I, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you'll you'll know that I'm very proud of where I come from and the fact that I identify as a Latina. And as such, as such, there are certain things that occur or that are just known within the Latin American culture that all of us just collectively, like if you identify also as Latino or Latina, we all just collectively understand that. Like we all just know that it's a thing and we don't really question it. It's just kind of one of those things where we're like, oh yeah, like that's, that's that thing or that's this thing or whatever. Now, I before I start talking a little bit about these things or like these little nuances that we have or the things that we can collectively agree on and are like, oh, yeah, that totally happens in my family, too. I th- I want to say that this relates more to my Mexican heritage, because if you don't know already, I'm going to repeat it eight billion times. But uh, my mom's Mexican and my dad's Ecuadorian. So that in itself is two very distinct cultures like like two very distinct separate cultures but there are certain things that are very very similar so like that's why I don't want to say that this is primarily about my Mexican heritage but for the most part and from what I've seen in terms of trends majority of the time it has to do with Mexican families but not always so I'm going to just say that any of these nuances if you identify with them well then that's when you know like sos Latino you're 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 definitely Latino Okay, let me just start this off by saying, by saying, by saying, by saying, I don't know why I, I, you know, it's interesting. I mentioned that I was going to talk more about my Mexican heritage, but this first one, I just needed to get it out of the way because summer is incoming. Like it's basically here in the city of Toronto or in the GTA, wherever the heck you are. Um, so it's interesting because like our winter is like brutal and disgusting and ugly and I hate it here when it's winter everyone knows that everyone and their mom knows how much I hate winter but when it's summertime sometimes it gets like ridiculously hot and I'm gonna use celsius so any of my american friends suck it I'm not using fahrenheit figure it out on your own it'll get to be (laughs) it'll get to be like 40 degrees outside sometimes like with the humidity it'll be like 40 degrees outside and you're like sweating buckets you're dying you're like oh my gosh what is this but I would rather take that over like the winter cold and like snow and ugliness and whatever but anyways point is it gets like super hot in the summer sometimes here so you're like dying and I I specifically remember especially when I would come home from school and I or even like during the summertime, I, more so during like summer vacation, it'd be super, super hot outside. So we would like play with the hose or we would like run across the, spl- the sprinkler and stuff or go to the pool and everything like that to cool off. And those would be really effective methods. But for whatever reason, and here's the thing, my mom's Mexican, right? So she's the one that cooks in my house. So you would think, OK, well, this doesn't really apply. But no, 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 no. And I will tell you this, too, is my tias are guilty of this, too. My Ecuadorian tias are guilty of this as well, is when you come inside the house and you ask, oh, mom, like, can I have something like to cool me down or something like a snack or something or something to eat to cool me down? Right. And you would think it's like a popsicle or something, something cold, something with substance that's cold. But no, for whatever reason. I, and, and this is just this is just facts. Like you can argue with me all you want, but this is facts is your mom or your tia will make you the hottest soup 
the hottest soup that there could possibly be. And for whatever reason, the argument is, no, but if you drink like a, if, or if you eat a soup or if you have soup, it's going to cool you down. It's going to make you sweat and like, you know, reduce the temperature in your body. Right? They give you all kinds of excuses as to why they decided to just really take like a ladle and put it inside boiling hot lava and put it in a freaking bowl for you to for you to dr- drink slash eat whatever the heck you do with soup and pass that as a soup. Because let me tell you, the amount of times that my mom has been like, okay, mija, like, te preparo algo, I'll make you something, translation, I'll make you something, I'll sit down, and it'll be a bowl of soup. And then the same thing happens when I go over to my aunt's house. It'll be like, oh, mija, yeah, it's hot outside, but it's okay, te preparo algo. And my grandma used to do this too, with pozole. Prepare me something to, to eat or something for, like, the hot weather or whatever. Freaking soup! Freaking soup! No, you can't convince me otherwise. You cannot convince me otherwise that that's going to work. Like, I will look. I don't even have to drink or eat the soup. The minute that I look at it, the minute that I even look at it when it's like 40 plus degrees outside and I look at that, I'm immediately already starting to sweat. My lady speed stick deodorant is praising the heavens because I'm sweating so much. (laughs) Okay. Here's another thing that I thought was just with Mexican families, but I think it's just Latino families in general. I don't know if there's any other ethnicities or any other races that will do this. But basically, so say it's your birthday. Let's let's set the scene here. Say it's your birthday. I remember this happening to me on my eighth birthday. It's your eighth birthday and you're sitting there. Everyone's singing happy birthday. It's a happy time. It's so much fun, whatever, right? And so we finish singing happy birthday and then they say, how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? And they count to eight. Right. And then there's just there. All it takes is one person, one person in your family. And it's more so my Mexican family because my Ecuadorian family never does this. But my Mexican family, they're insane. (laughs) I love them. I love them to bits and pieces, but they're insane. Um, All it takes is one person to just start shouting. And be like, mordida, mordida, mordida. And to translate that into English, it's it's hard for me to say because it's like a phrase that is referring to an action. So mordida means like bite, 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 bite. But when they're saying it in Spanish, it's referring to take a bite or like take a bite out of it. So let me explain for you non-Latinos out there. So basically, mordida means or when somebody screams mordida and everybody else starts to join in because of course that's what everyone does is you're supposed to take a bite out of the cake i know it sounds nasty i know it sounds nasty but usually that slice that you bite is the one that's for you because you're the one that's supposed to get the first slice anyways right so whatever piece that you do end up biting is the slice that you end up getting right but the trick here is and oftentimes you lose like it doesn't matter how much you avoid it or you try to avoid it you always lose because this is exactly what happened when i was eight years old i tried to take a bite out of the cake and the trick is to kind of avoid somebody being behind you or like to watch your back because somebody is bound to be behind you to push your face into the cake like i don't know how but somehow somebody always makes their way behind no matter how paranoid you get my brother was real good at this would like look behind and try and see if there was somebody behind and there wouldn't be anybody but like i'm telling you there's no way to win that game because somebody will always rush behind and push your face into the cake because that's exactly what happened i tried to take a mordida and somebody pushed my face into the cake so (laughs) 
but it's a thing. It's a thing. And, you know, I've seen so many viral videos on Instagram or when Vine was a thing. Like, I've seen that before. Like, so many viral videos of people doing this. But it's never it's never anybody else other than Latinos. So for whatever reason, we have this thing where we like to shove people's faces in the cake. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just for, like, pure entertainment, if it's for good luck, if it's just, like... We just feel like wasting food out here. I, I don't know. I remember actually, side note, I've seen a video of where like somebody actually avoided it. But then they took the actual like somebody took the physical cake, picked it up and shoved it in their face. And I'm just thinking that's such a waste of food, man. Like, thank goodness that's never happened, even though I wouldn't put it past my family to do something like that. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, oh, like, yo, chill. It's not that serious. <laughs> it's not that deep. But uh, yeah, like that seems that it's just a thing. It's just a thing that we do. And, you know, my white friends have seen videos of that or like they'll they'll I, I know I have one white friend, one white friend that asked me about that because her boyfriend at the time was Latino. And when she came over to his house to celebrate uh, somebody's birthday there, they tried doing that. And she asked me, she's like, why do they do that? That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I was just like, oh, honey, this is great. Like, I love, you know something? I love teaching people about our uh, about our cultura because I, from an outsider's perspective, it's like, what the heck are you guys doing? Like, you're, like, twiddling your thumbs sitting there like a little puppy, and you're just like, okay, well. <laughs> but you have to explain to that person, be like, no, like, that's a thing. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a silly little joke, practical joke that we like to play on all of our family members whenever it's their birthday, and we tell them to take a bite out of the cake or pretend to take a bite out of the cake, and then somebody pushes their face and it's just a silly little prank thing or whatever but explaining that to people is so funny because they obviously don't get it and considering the fact that like this has been something that's recurring in my like in my family for a very 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 long time for me it's just normal but then when you look at from other people's perspective they're like uh that's a little weird but okay and you start to think you're like damn yo like I mean, I'm used to that, but I mean, if other people perceive it as weird, then damn, like, is it actually weird? Is it actually something that we shouldn't be doing? I mean, granted, like I said, it's kind of a waste of food, but still, it's actually pretty funny when you get to push the person's face into the cake. So, yeah. Now, this for sure, 110%, I know is just a Mexican thing because I haven't heard any other like any of my other Latino friends that aren't Mexican. I haven't heard any of them sing this song. So again, relating to birthdays, we seem to have a lot of things going on during birthdays, uh, usually f for kids birthdays, but also for adult birthdays. If there does happen to be a piñata, actually, you know what? For my 30th birthday, eventually in the future, which will come soon before I know it for my 30th birthday, I want a piñata like really, really bad. But when you have a piñata at a birthday party, typically people will like sing a random song to like kind of count down or they will just count down, do like maybe like 15 seconds, 20 seconds, who knows, when they're blindfolded or whatever, right? To kind of just let let the person have at it, especially for like the older kids. I feel like with the younger kids, yo, okay, wait, no, another side note. With the younger kids, my family and the people from my church, they used to give them bare time to hit the piñata. But because I had a growth spurt, and because I was taller than most of the other girls, I hardly ever got a chance to hit the piñata. So by the time 
it got to myself and my brother and my cousin, it would already have been broken because all the younger ones got a longer time to hit it. That's all I'm going to say. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, there's a song that's associated with hitting a piñata that they sing in Mexico. And for those of you that are Mexican, y'all will know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that aren't Mexican but are Latino, then maybe you might have heard it. And then if you're not Latino or if you're not, if you don't identify with the culture in any sort of way, well, I'm about to explain it to you. So I first learned this from a lady at my church who was also Mexican. She came from the northern part of Mexico, but my mom also sings it too when we are used to sing it too when we were kids so that way we knew how much everybody had in terms of hitting it and this is what helps having that song gave everyone equal opportunity equal opportunity to be able to hit the piñata so this song was kind of a blessing in disguise don't mind my horrible singing because i can't sing so don't come at me but it goes like this it goes dale 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 no pierdas el tino porque si lo pierdes pierdes el camino ya le diste una ya le diste dos ya le diste tres y tu tiempo se acabó i know amazing amazing i should win a grammy for that <laughs> but basically i i can't translate it into english i mean I can try to, but it won't really make any sense for those of you that speak only English. It sounds a lot better in Spanish, doesn't it? But I'll try and translate it into English. So basically, it's what? Dale, dale, dale. Dale means like to go, but it also can mean, uh, depending on the context of what you're saying it towards, which in this case is a piñata. So if you're trying to hit it and you say dale, dale, it means like hit, 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 right? So you're saying hit, hit, hit. And then what's the next part of it? No pierdas el tino. Oh, gosh, that doesn't make sense. Well, in English, it sounds weird. So, like, don't lose the ability or, like, your rhythm of do. Like, how do you explain that? How do you explain that? You, like, don't lose, don't lose focus on what you're doing kind of thing. I don't know how to translate this in English, dog. Like, it's, it's weird. But I'm trying for all my English speakers because I know a lot of y'all speak English. Don't lose the rhythm of it. And then, porque si lo pierdes, if you lose it. Or because if you lose it, uh, pierdes el camino, you're going to lose your way or you're going to lose your footing. You're going to lose the direction that you're going in. <laughs> and then ya le diste una, you've already hit it once. Ya le diste dos, you've already hit it twice. Ya le diste tres, you've hit it three times now. <laughs> y tu tiempo se acabó means now your time is up. So the last little bit of it kind of makes sense where it's like, okay, you've hit it one time, two time, three time. Now it's up. Now time's up, dude. Like that kind of makes sense. But that first little bit, oof, that was kind of rough to translate. But I'm very proud of myself for doing so. <laughs> but yeah, that's like a Mexican. That's like a Mexican staple at your birthday party where you, where if you have a piñata, guarantee somebody in the crowd, whether it's your tia, your abuela, your mom, going to be singing that song. Okay, here's, I think this is not just exclusive to uh, Mexican women, even though I will give you a very, very specific example of this because my grandma is the shining example of this nuance or like this little thing that apparently every single Mexican mom or grandma has. It's not dads. Da some dads do have this. Some dads do. But it's just moms in particular that for whatever reason are obsessed with one old man that is a singer okay 
Like whether it's from their home country or it's from a different country, like they are obsessed with some sort of older gentleman that sings for whatever reason. Like I could give you a thousand reasons as to why my grandma was like this with this one particular singer. And in Mexico, you already know if you're Mexican, you already know who I'm about to talk about. If y'all don't know who Vicente Fernandez is, well, I'm going to need y'all to search that up because I don't have the time or the capacity to explain the impact that this man has had on every middle aged woman plus like and above. (laughs) And just for whatever reason, their obsession with this guy and if you actually if you do google him he's not like the best looking dude in the world i used to say this to bother my grandma all the time i used to tell her because she whoa dude if y'all think that i'm obsessed with one direction or if y'all thought that i was obsessed with one direction particularly zane and harry if y'all thought i was obsessed no, no no you haven't seen anything when you have heard my grandma or when you would hear my grandma talk about vicente fernandez okay i used to bother my grandma and say that he was really ugly and say mom i don't understand why you would find a man like that attractive he looks nothing like my grandfather how does this make any sense and she would go on a whole tangent and tell me, Miha, you shouldn't be saying those types of things about my man, blah, blah, blah. She always used to refer to him as her man. She always used to say that. She's like, oh, that's a po- that was actually supposed to be your grandfather, but I settled for your actual grandfather. Like, yo, she was a savage like that. I settled for your actual grandfather because that's the closest that I could get, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I would always think to myself, I'd be like, mom, if you guys have seen it, there's a picture of my grandfather on my Instagram look at that picture and then go and take a look at Vicente Fernandez they look nothing alike okay they look absolutely nothing alike. but going back to my point for whatever reason middle-aged women they have this thing with like a one specific singer and they'll give you a million reasons as to why they love them so much and don't even get me started on how often they'll play their music see it's interesting because my grandma's the one that's obsessed with Vicente Fernandez and then my mom (laughs) my mom my mom is the one that was like super obsessed at one point with Alex Fernandez, which is the guy's son. Like literally Vicente Fernandez, Alejandro Fernandez. Th- that's like the the generation just goes down. I <laughs> my mom used to play Alejandro Fernandez in our household every Saturday to clean or even just in the car, the amount of times that I used to listen to this one particular song, and now it's on my Mexican playlist, and I listen to it a lot anyway, so I'm basically becoming my mom now, but my mom used to play this one album called, uh, oh, geez, what is it called? What is it called? Hold on a second. Let me search it. I found it. I found it. Se llama A Corazón Abierto. Guys, this album, okay, not, okay, I know I'm shading my mom and I'm saying like, oh, like, yo, she used to religiously play this album all the time and we would learn the lyrics, even though we had no idea who this guy was for the longest time. But eventually I did learn who Alex Fernandez was and subsequently learned who Vicente Fernandez was. But like this album, my mom used to religiously play it on the freaking stereo all the time, all the time. And there's this one song that's called Que Lastima. Go and listen to it. Go and listen to it and tell me that it's not catchy. Like, it's a sad song if you listen to it and you translate the lyrics, whatever. I'm not about to translate the lyrics for y'all because that's just too much work for me. But this song, this song and a whole bunch of others. Me dediqué a perderte too. Oh, my goodness. Like, the thing with these artists or like these two artists specifically, Alejandro Fernandez and Vicente Fernandez, 
they would make songs that are super sad and emo like talking about this woman left me and I need to drink and I need to drown in my sorrows. Give me another drink. Like that is basically what these songs are. So you listen to them, especially if you know how to speak Spanish and you listen to them and you're like, what is going on here? And it's like the saddest stuff ever. But I guarantee you, if your mom is like mine, we'll just belt, belt the lyrics to these songs as if it affects them in any sort of way even though my mom is a happily married woman that just living her living her best life with her husband but there's a song that's talking about me dejaste que triste que triste like (laughs) where where is the correlation i don't know but for whatever reason mexican moms or even just let Latino moms like go and ask your mom right now who their favorite artist is. I can guarantee you it's a dude that's like way older or it's a dude that like <laughs> caters his music specifically to middle aged women. I, I, I challenge you to ask your mom. I challenge you to if you're Latino, I challenge you to ask your mom. Okay, here's another thing relating to my Mexican heritage. And maybe some of my non-Mexican friends might have done this because y'all know it as just bingo. You know, like the scorecard and they do like the little, they they do the raffle and then they pull out the balls and then they say like it's like B12, uh, B10 or X7 or whatever. They, they pull out a bunch of balls and they read out the things and then if you get like four in a row, it's bingo, right? Now, Mexicans, Mexican is, what am I saying? Mexicans, <laughs> we do things a little bit differently where we have that same format of playing bingo. So we have a scorecard and everything and then they call out whatever it is and you have to see if it's on your scorecard or whatever. And then if you win, then you win. And depending on how things get, it can get a little bit rowdy. Think of it as like, you know how there's always that meme that goes around where whenever you're playing Uno, it gets hella intense and people start yelling at each other and it's always on or it's on a basis where like it's fighting till the death. Yeah, Mexican Loteria, that's what Mexican bingo is called in Spanish. It comes, it's it's cut from the same cloth because it gets pretty cutthroat. At least in my family, it, it, it has the tendency to get there. <laughs> now, like I said, Mexican bingo is very similar to original bingo, but the difference between it is rather than reading out numbers and letters and things like that, Mexican Loteria has this cool thing where all of the cards that are read out for somebody to place their, I mean, if you're a real Mexican, you'll place beans on it or you'll play, you'll play, you'll place little grains of rice or beans on it. I've seen people use coins too, but if you're a real one, you use beans. Uh, so y- you have uh, a bean to place on your on your card to find the picture that's associated with the thing that they call out. So for example, for example, I always used to love when <laughs> they used to call out the card El Borracho, which means, in translation, it means the drunk guy. And it's literally a picture of a guy who's like half standing up with a bottle in his hand and is like sweat or look, looks like he's been sweating profusely 
And as a kid, you don't think anything of it. You're just like, oh, El Borracho, let me see if that's... <laughs> I just thought about that just now. I'm like, wait, I was playing this as a kid. What am I doing talking about El Borracho? Anyways, so you would check to see if it's on your card. And if it's not on your card, you wait for the next card to get pulled out. And so then the game continues like that. But it'll be different pictures and different things associated with whatever. Like, it, it'll be like... And this is also actually side note. This is actually part of why I learned Spanish so quickly is because I used to play this with my grandma and my mom's family. And so there'd be certain words like, you know, the sun or you, the, the moon or uh, there was another one for like a mermaid, like different, like different, different pictures and different, different words. But until you finally got your your scorecard filled out or whatever you would continue to play the game and like i said before it would get hella cutthroat because some people would cheat or some people would be like you know that card was called and then it wasn't actually called and then we'd have to start over or then we'd have to start from somewhere else and like the 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 crazy ones like we didn't really bet anything because we were just little kids so obviously we had no money but i mean like the crazy ones like the older crowds I've seen some people gamble or some people like really put up some hefty stuff when it comes to Loteria because for whatever reason they decide that they want to put up a whole wager and dedicate their lives to this one game. I have no idea why. And it's funny because you'll, Mexicans are some of the only people that will do things like that. Everybody else, like my Asian family, would never. <laughs> Asian family would never wager any sort of money or like risk that kind of money. But Mexican people, they'd be like, ah, bueno, pues, I will, uh, I'll win it all back somehow. Or they're like super chill about it. Like, yeah, I'm just about to lose my car payment. But like, sick, like I'm doing this with Beto and with Ronaldo and Jose. So who cares? Whatever. Otra cerveza, <laughs> otra cerveza, you know, but this game is so monumental to the culture. I'll tell you guys, like every time my family and I would play this when we were growing up, it was always just so much fun because sometimes depending on who was also reading out the cards, again, you you have to just really pay attention. You have to have fun with it. Like it's it's a whole it's it's a whole thing like, you know. I don't remember the last time that I played it, to be honest, because I think we have it, but the cards are missing somewhere. I have no idea where they are. But it was always such a fun time to be playing Loteria. And if you ever want to play, hit me up. You already know I can s slap somebody up in, in Loteria. Okay, so this is the last thing that I want to talk about. And I think this is the most important thing because... I know that I've been talking about similar experiences or similar things that we all kind of deal with as Latinos, but this is the one thing that always pisses me off every single time I think about it because, oh my goodness. Okay, so my best friend is Argentinian, and as I mentioned to you guys before, I'm half Mexican, half Ecuadorian, and I know tons of other people from different places. My partner, he's Salvadorian. Like, all of these things piss me off so much because... Even though we speak Spanish, and I feel like people who don't speak Spanish, they all just think that we speak the same language, which technically we do. But there are certain things that are different. And this always used to piss me off. This always used to piss me off because I'm like, no, this is the way that I know it. And the reason why I found out about this in the first place is because, <laughs> is because my parents say different words for different things. So, for example, 
What do you think of when you hear the word torta? Hmm? Hmm? My Ecuadorian friends, my South American friends, you hear the word torta and you think cake, right? That means cake, doesn't it? Hmm? Hmm? No, not in Mexico. In Mexico, it means a sandwich or it like refers to like a sandwich. Instead, you would say pastel, right? Like it just certain things like that. You're just like, huh? Why would they do something like this? But I say I'd say that the word that confuses everybody the most and I uh, truly, honestly and truly, every single Latino person that I've met, they, we will either say it, we will either say it differently or they'll be from the same country as me and we'll say it the same. But it will never be like, for example, like I'm from Mexico and my friend is from Chile and we'll say this word, we'll say this word the same way. We won't, we won't, we won't. I have yet to find somebody that will say it the same way as me, even though they're from a different country, okay? So I will, I'll put you on, y'all, okay? So the word straw in English, the thing that you put in your Sprite or you put it in your cup so that you can drink your water, you can drink your whatever drink that you're drinking, right? Straw. So <laughs> I, I'm just reminded of the fact that my partner thought that this was like the craziest thing in the world, but... <laughs> I explained to him I said I was like straw in Mexico is popote and he's like don't even lie to me like this don't lie and I was like no 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 I swear in Mexico se dice popote and I asked him I was like okay well since you're Mr. Know-it-all and you know you speak Spanish too how do you say straw and he told me it's uh paia I think that's what it's called and it's yo, y'all, I'd never heard that in my life. It must be a Central American thing because I had never heard that word ever in my existence as a human being. And I was like, what? And my brother-in-law and see, my brother-in-law is Nicaraguan. So he understands it as Bahia too. So again, I think it's a Central American thing. But here's what the interesting thing is. Here's what the interesting thing is, is that in Mexico, they say popote in... <laughs> In El Salvador, they say paella. And then in Ecuador, they say sorbete. Sorbete. They say sorbete. And when I told this to my my best friend who's Argentinian, she thought I was insane because obviously Argentina and Ecuador, they're both in South America. So you would think, okay, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. Wrong. It's, 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 what is it called? Oh my gosh. No, no, no. I know what it is because they say it in, they say it in Chile too. Bajita. So it's very, very similar to Salvadorians, Hondurians, Guatemaltecos, Ticos, which are people from Costa Rica, like all the Central Americans. It's very similar. So in Central America, they say Bahia, I think, Bahia, Bahia, or whatever. And then in Argentina, they say Bajita. But yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know why, for whatever reason, the word for drinking straw or for straw is like <laughs> it's so foreign to everybody. The other thing. So going back to the whole idea of sorbete, when I told my partner about this, I was like, oh, like in Ecuador, they call straws sorbetes. And he's like, why would they call it that? And I asked him, I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, um, because sorbete is obviously like a sorbet or it means like like an ice cream. And I'm like, I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life before. <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life before. I was like, oh, you said what? And yeah, like I searched it up and I was like, damn, yo, 
No, in Ecuador, I've always called it a sorbete. Like that, that's the reason why I know how to differentiate the words because, again, Mexican Spanish, different from Ecuadorian Spanish. The other thing that threw me off and that I had to ask so many different people about this is the idea of corn or the word for corn. And so my dad, he calls it choclo, like a, like a whole husk of corn. He calls it choclo. And my mom, she doesn't call it that. She calls it elote. So like the fact that I have to maneuver between the same language, but different cultures or from different places is just insane to me. And it just like it blows my mind every single time. Oh, this is another one. Wait, wait, wait. I just thought of another one. So again, like I mentioned, my best friend, she's from Argentina, right? Oh, my goodness. The way that I was so thrown off. When she, when she said to me that a strawberry is a frutilla, I'm sorry, what? A frutilla. Like, that doesn't even sound, that, that just sounds like the general word for, like, the word fruit. Because, it, okay, Spanish lesson, y'all, for those of you that don't speak Spanish. And I don't know why you're listening to this if you don't identify with anything to do with Latino culture. Maybe you just want to listen to me talk. I don't know. But anyways little spanish lesson here is the word the spanish word for fruit generally is fruta okay so you're you 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 say that you want some fruit quiero fruta you say i want fruit right but listen man frutilla strawberry hell no hell no hell no hell no she said that to me and i was like what the hell are you talking about it's obviously fresa. Like, th- that makes a little bit more sense because it's an entirely different word that's not related to fruta. Am I the only one that feels like this? Like, am I, re- am I really? Like, I know my best friend's going to hear this and she's going to be like, yo, it's frutilla. It's, sorry, let me pronounce it the Argentinian way. Frutilla. <laughs> that's how they say it or like that's what it is to them. And I just, it just blows my mind. But again, these are things that we like kind of relate to when we hear the Spanish language. Like, yeah, we speak the same language, but at the same time, you're so thrown off because you're like, wait a minute. That's not the same word for that. That's different. What? Huh? What? And so, my friends, that's it. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. This this episode was kind of all over the place. And I know not everybody's going to relate to this stuff because it's for all my fellow Latinos. And I do have quite the extensive Latino audience. So that's why I wanted to do it for y'all. Next week, I don't know what's going to come. I actually have my graduation that I haven't gotten the chance to do. Okay, gotten the chance to do for like the past two years so okay side note fun fact whatever you want to call it i graduated from my university doing my master's degree in 2020 and we all know again what happened in 2020 uh there was a pan- whole pandemic or there still is a whole pandemic and it was at its peak and nobody could do anything so they canceled my graduation and they were like haha see ya we're just gonna mail you your degree and as gracious and as precious as my parents are they decided to do like a a ceremony or whatever so like we all gathered around and oh my god i recorded it on my phone it's so funny so basically my parents took it out of the packaging in the mail and my dad was like i presented to you sarah sonizi blah blah blah, her master's degree and my brother and my mom were cheering and my sister was on uh we we called her on whatsapp (laughs) she was cheering for me and i'm just like ew like i look back and i'm just like 
man like the things that our families will do just so that we can celebrate things in like the time where we need it the most because i'm gonna be honest like i felt super bummed out that i couldn't have my graduation ceremony because for like master's students or whatever they have like a different they have a different gown they have a different cap they have like different things that are associated with it and hopefully if i ever do my phd in the near not so near future I'm going to have like those cool little chef hats that they wear with like a different robe and then like the different little cape thingies that they have. I know that's not the point, but still like it just feels nice because you're kind of like, oh, I already did the undergrad thing. Now I'm on this level. And then when I go and do my PhD, I'm all, it's going to be even smaller of a circle because I know not everybody wants to dedicate their lives like that. But that's something that I was thinking about. But yeah, anyways, I am going to be doing my graduation, hopefully in the next few weeks and that'll be interesting and I've been just reflecting a lot on the fact that like it'll be a little bit different because my grandma was around when I first got my degree and I told her about it and everything like that and now that she's no longer here it's just a little bittersweet because I know she would have loved to come to my graduation ceremony but you know I do know and I feel comfort in the fact that like again I've been talking to the counselor about this and I've been sharing things my thoughts and ideas with you guys is like I find a lot of comfort in the fact that I know that she would have been very proud of me or I know that she valued my education above anything else and was like, Sarah, above anything else, always focus on your studies, always focus on getting ahead, getting further in life and things like that. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to be holding on to on the big day. And yeah, I'm going to end it off there. I love you guys so much. Thanks for all the support. If you're a new listener, shout out to you. Like, God bless you. I <laughs> I have nothing else to say other than Black Lives Matter, Indigenous Lives Matter, Immigrant Lives Matter. And God loves you so, so much. I'll see you next week. Okay, bye.